This week on Twip Weddings, bridal shows continue to be a popular event where brides, and a few reluctant grooms, go to see the latest wedding trends, view the latest wedding fashions, get free swag, and shop for their wedding vendors. On this week's show, we're going to share our experiences with bridal shows and provide our thoughts on how to benefit from participating in them. Well, welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, once again, my name is Bruce Clark, and I am joined, as always, by my usual co-hosts, Mr. Brian Capricci and Mr. Robert Evans. Good day, gentlemen. Good day. Good day, good day. Happy New well, Year. Yes, Happy New Year. So we're, uh, we're recording this as our first show of the new year, so we, we survived the holidays. Well, it's, uh, of course, now that we're through the holiday season, it's now we're kind of into bridal show season. And so this week we thought it would be a good, uh, good chance to share our thoughts about participating in bridal shows. Are they mm-hmm. worth doing? Uh, and if you're thinking of uh, participating in a bridal show, we'll share some strategies and some things to think about uh, to sort of get the most out of exhibiting your work at a bridal show. But before we get into that discussion, we want to remind you how you can participate in the show. We've got a bunch of different ways to interact with us. First off, uh, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. Um, there you're going to find the show notes for each episode. Uh, we put links in there to everything that we talk about. And there's also a video. So if you want to see our smiling faces, uh, there's video on there. We had somebody comment on our Facebook group uh, a little while ago that they couldn't find the videos. So if you're looking for the videos, we embed them into each uh, blog post for each episode. So you can watch us there if you, if, you know. If you feel like seeing our smiling faces, which um, you definitely do, I think, which absolutely, absolutely, yeah, you know, for sure. <clears throat> but Robert, particularly at least for two seconds. Yeah, for <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of course, if you have a question or if you'd like to suggest a uh, possible topic for a future episode, you can email us. Our email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Or if you prefer using social media, just add the hashtag TwipWed to your post and we'll keep an eye out for your post. Hey, did you guys see that Twitter might be allowing for up to 10,000 characters in a tweet? No. Yeah, they, they might be changing Twitter to allow up to 10,000 characters, but well, they'll only display the first 140 kind of in the, in the, and then you'd have to dig into it to read the rest of it. Oh, so. I thought that was just for direct messages. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't read all about it, but I heard that's that might be a change that's coming to Twitter. So interesting. Well, one of the things I I read about was um, Twitter is trying to make changes, and actually Facebook is doing the same thing to allow companies to do better customer service through those social networks. Because right now, if you were to do a direct message in Twitter, it's just 140 characters, and you can't really do much in that. Yeah. So I heard that was sort of the reason. And Facebook has a whole new like manage inbox functionality too. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. They're probably getting some complaints because the way that it was working was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I basically turned on auto replies on Facebook and said, please contact us here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so awesome. So, yeah. So that's one way you can get a hold of us. Another way, of course, uh, if you want to uh, keep up with us and follow us, uh, probably the best place is to go to our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash twipwed. And there's lots of people joining every week and lots of good discussions happening in there. People are asking questions and uh, helping each other out. So definitely the Facebook group is probably the place to be if you want to get involved. Buzzing in there. It's buzzing. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the show. And uh, like I said, at the, at the start of the show, this week we're going to talk about bridal shows. And of course, uh, you know, bridal shows continue to be a popular event where brides and, and a few reluctant grooms, I think, uh, go to see the latest wedding trends. You know, they go to view the latest wedding fashions, uh, see what kind of free swag they can get. Um, and potentially shop for their wedding vendors. So on this week's show, we're going to share so, you know, our experiences with bridal shows and provide our thoughts on how to benefit from participating in them. 
So I want to kick it off by asking both of you guys, have you, have you ever, or do you regularly participate in bridal shows in your respective areas? Robert, I'll let you take this one first. I have ever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I have ever, but it's been ever and ever and ever ago since I've done one. Um, before the internet. Before the internet. Definitely before the internet. I did one, I think the last bridal show that I did was the year I opened my business in January of 94. Um, and at that time, you know, the show that I did was billed as, you know, the, it was like a high-end bridal show. There were some like big anchor hotels like the Ritz-Carlton and the Four Seasons and things like that. And um, it was at the convention center in Los Angeles. And I did it all by myself. And <clears throat> I have to say, by the end of that day, I was more tired and exhausted than shooting an entire wedding for 12 hours. Wow. How, how long were you there? How long were you manning the booth and getting it all set up? I think it was probably eight hours. I mean, by the time you set up eight hours, I think the thing that was exhausting, I mean, of course, we stand on our feet all day as a wedding photographer. But I think it's the mental of sort of repeating yourself and saying kind of the same stuff over and over and over again. And, you know, being on and smiling and, you know, talking to people and, you know, all of that. I mean, for some reason, it was just completely exhausting by the end of that day. But, I mean, I do have to say from that particular show, I probably booked, uh, let's just say eight weddings. Um, I don't quite remember. But over a three-year period, what really blew me away was that, you know, two years later, I guess someone like, yeah, I saw you at a bridal show. And it was the only show that I did. So I was really surprised that like even two years later, I was still pulling leads from it or somebody, uh, you know, did that. Yeah. Interesting. Brian, how about you? Have you, uh, do you regularly or have you participated in bridal shows or have you regularly done them or? So I don't, um, I've done them. Um, I, I do them. Um, but I guess I would not say them. I would say one. There's actually just one show that I do every year. Um, and kind of the same thing. It's not necessarily a high-end show. I mean, I guess it sort of is because it's at... There's this group of hotels here in the Niagara region uh, of venues, of really high-end sort of uh, boutique venues. And they do a wedding show every year. And they just bring their clients and people getting married at their venues so it's a really highly qualified uh wedding show and that's the only one that i do so i don't um necessarily do the uh the sort of you know the big venue show the airport hotel kind of show um but yeah i mean i do that one once once a year and uh that alone you know is is good for me along with word of mouth and referrals and my own marketing that i do to uh to get me uh you know through the year every year i i run kind of a higher priced lower volume business Mm -hmm. So for me, 20 to 25 weddings a year is a perfect amount. And uh, I can fill that up every year without doing too many bridal shows. Yeah, nice. I have never done a bridal show before. Um, I've photographed one before. So I was hired to actually photograph, go in and photograph a bridal show. But I've never, I haven't participated in one as, as a vendor yet at this stage. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys in terms of your thoughts, who do you think a bridal show in terms of, of the photographer, you know, photographer side of things? Who do you think is best served by by bridal shows? Do you think that established photographers can will see much benefit, or is it just more cost and time than it's worth? Or do you think it's more for kind of photographers that are just kind of getting into the market and want you know 
want to uh, establish themselves and get their name out there? Well, I think um, you could be established. I think it's more of a price point, in, in my opinion, and my experience. Um, I think most brides, you know, there's always exceptions, but most brides or couples are, you know, at a bridal show, I would guess, you know, they're looking to spend maybe two to $5,000 at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my experience and just stories and talking to people. And generally you're not going to get a super high end bride or couple come to a bridal show. There are exceptions, but, uh, you know, I think that referral is going to come more from a planner, word of mouth, things like that. Yeah. Brian, what's, uh, what's your experience? What do you think? I think for the most part, like if you're doing the sort of mass uh, wedding shows, you're probably going to be getting definitely, you know, more of the tire kicker type crowd. Not to say that you can't do really well at those shows. Um, I think the problem with shows like that is, and, and this is, this is a, I guess, a bigger problem even in, in any traditional marketing platforms. Because if you look at something like magazine advertising, wedding shows are the same thing. Everyone is there showing off the best of the best. And usually they're doing it through photographs, right? Like even if you're uh, a venue at a wedding show, well, you can't showcase your venue in other way than just to show either an album of the venue or photos of the venue or anything like that, a banner, a pop-up stand, whatever. Right. So, so like there's, there's an overwhelming amount of beautiful imagery. I mean, a venue is not going to come with a bad image of their venue. So it's right. going to be a beautiful image. Maybe so it's very visual. And groom. So yeah, it's very visual, right? So it's like we are we are not lost in a sea of beautiful imagery, but certainly when you go to those mass shows, it's very visually stimulating for the brides and grooms that are walking through it. Yeah. So um, it makes it that much more difficult because there's so much more noise. Not to say that you still can't do a good job at it, but I think a lot of the times photographers um, go to wedding shows sort of looking at them a bit of the wrong way in the sense that oftentimes when I've talked with photographers and photographers, even that I mentor, um, they'll say they want to go to shows so that they can talk to the brides and talk to the grooms. Right. And, and obviously that is a huge benefit, but something that maybe you don't consider is the marketing you can do to the brides and grooms before the show, the marketing you can do to those same brides and grooms after the show, but then also all the intrinsic benefits that you can get out of networking at the show. So I think there's a lot of things that we can do. I think um, a successful wedding show would be 30% conversations that you have with brides and grooms the day of the show, uh, 30% marketing before and after the show, and then 40% just networking and you know building relationships with the other vendors that will then either be able to point brides and grooms in your direction at the show or that will refer you after the show to build lasting relationships. Right. So that's, that's a good um, sort of jumping off point because I want to ask both of you guys. So for those maybe who haven't done a, a bridal show before, um, what do they typically receive? So you mentioned about, you know, doing some marketing and stuff like that to the potential brides and grooms before. Um, Robert, what was your experience when you did a bridal show? Did you get a list? I guess this was probably pre-internet days, right? So did you get like a phone, a phone list? Like just yeah, the they, phone numbers and things? They would give you, yeah, they would give you, you know, all the names of everyone that attended. Um, and you know, phone number, address, whatever information that couple gave. And then you could do typically snail mail marketing or calling if you wanted, um, and, you know, do it that way. Um, you know, I mean, the best is you, I think when you're at one of those shows, you can, 
you can tell the people that are a little bit more interested or the people that you're interested in, uh, you know, based on venue and conversation and, you know, that type of thing. Um, and so then I would make an extra effort to, you know, actually ask for them to get their own contact information for me. And they would say, would it be okay if I followed up with you? You know, like Brian mentioned, this isn't the greatest place to talk and have a, but I, you know, I really want to sit down and spend some time with you, make them feel a little bit important and that, you know, obviously you want their business, but you know, without being too pushy. And most of the time they would be like, yeah, you know, and then the ones that didn't, you knew that, okay, well I was re getting the wrong signal or reading. And, and I also liked what Brian said. I was going to bring that up too, is it's a great place to network. Uh, you know, you can, there's always even times during the show where, you know, like at the end of the day, there's like a lull or things are, you know, gotten a little slower. Sometimes they're two days long. Sometimes they're one day long, but you can walk around and introduce yourself, you know, just say hi, hand out a piece of material, you know, even get their contact. Say, Hey, I really love your flowers. You know, um, you know, would you be interested in, in working, marketing together, doing a styled shoot, whatever it is, you know, to get, mm -hmm. offer something and, and say, can I, you know, follow up with you? Can I get a card? And, you know, it's, it's, you know, again, we've talked about this before, but business is about relationships. So to be able to get face to face with so many people in one room is a big plus. Yeah. Brian, what's your experience been in doing them? What uh, have you gotten a lot of information? Because I always thought that you would get that sort of the lead lists and that kind of stuff kind of after the event. You were saying, yeah. you know, ability to do it beforehand. Is that I guess it depends on the bridal show and what they what they offer? And... Um, no, I mean, I think I think um, the sort of standard is that you get the list afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I think what I mean when I say marketing beforehand is if you're strategic in what you're doing with your marketing, you could certainly reach some of those brides and grooms ahead of time. And you can also reach some of the vendors ahead of time. So like, I guess if we break it down and looking at what you can do before, during and after, if you're looking at what you can do before, um, I'll use the, the wedding show that, that I do just as an example, um, where it's at, you know, a hotel or a chain of hotels or not a chain, but I guess a group of hotels. Um, mm -hmm. If I do just as an example, I can do Facebook ads targeting people that like those pages of, of those venues who are brides who are getting married, who are in a certain demographic and then target ads towards them, telling them who I am and maybe even saying in that, that I'm going to be at the wedding show. Mm. There's a good chance that people who are engaged, who like those pages, who are in, you know, more demographic targeting will be at that wedding show. Right. So even if I'm hitting, you know, even if 50% of the people that I'm hitting with those ads are going to the bridal show, those that do see that ad will be like, Oh, I've seen that somewhere. Where did I see that before? I've seen him somewhere. Or maybe when they see it on Facebook or Google AdWords or however you want to do it, you know, they click on and they like your page and they start to see your work. And then at the show, they're like, oh yeah, I've been following you on Facebook for a while. It was so great to finally meet you. So there's a lot of things that you can do like that ahead of time. Okay. If you're so strategic and seeds, smart. Right? Yeah. Like kind of pre-plant that. Yeah. But then also with that, like on the vendor side of things, we know exactly who's going to be at the shows months in advance. So why wouldn't we go and reach out all those vendors that either we know or that we want to know and say, hey, we're going to be at this show together. I'd love to come by your booth and create some images of your booth that I'd love to share with you afterwards. Is that okay with you? I can't wait to meet you. And then you can then go and meet them. And again, you've had more of a warm introduction when you do see them at the show as opposed to just having to walk over and say, that's a nice bouquet type of thing. So it, it just kind of, again, it's brand recognition. It's starting that relationship. It, it makes it so that when you have that offline relationship, it's not completely cold. 
Right. So, uh, you know, you're starting on some sort of like solid ground. Yeah. So I guess that's what I mean when I say like marketing ahead of time is you can do a lot to kind of prepare for the show. Something else I've done in the past is leading up to a wedding show. I'll do a series of blog posts where I'll share images that are related to the vendors that I know that are going to be at that show. So I'll say, hey, here's like, you know, a whole bunch of images from this florist or here's some ideas for floral trends featuring these florals from the last year. And then I'll tag those florists in it and I'll email it over to them and say, hey, if you if you want, feel free to share this. It's something you can share with your brides and grooms and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll go and share it. So, again, any people that follow them that will be at the show are now, you know, they have some level of experience in seeing me, even if it's just to see my logo somewhere. Right. So, there's, there's different things like that that you can do that can be that can make the show itself much more effective if you're strategic ahead of time. Hmm, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So let's, uh, I want to go, uh, I want to circle back and talk about kind of follow up and after the show and things that you can do after the show, but I want to get into the show itself and, and get your guys' thoughts and suggestions on kind of the booth itself and kind of what went into the booth and, and, you know, elaborate a little bit more on that. So Robert, when you did your wedding show, did you, um, how did the booth come together? Did you design it yourself? Did you work with like a, a planner or somebody to help kind of put the booth together? And what did you have in your booth? Back then? No. Um, I did it myself, you know, just like a lot of small businesses, you know, I mm-hmm. had to, I had to do it. I think I might've had some flowers on my table from a local florist that I talked to. Yeah, I'll bring a bouquet over. They stick a card in it. Um, but it was primarily uh, several different albums and then, uh, you know, wall portraits, larger wall portraits on easels. Okay. I didn't have like, you know, if you go to like WPPI or a trade show, I didn't have a backdrop or a, you know, booth that I kind of set up or, you know, something that comes in. I didn't have any of that. I, you know, I had a sign. Uh, you know, they give you a little cheap sign that says the name of your business. Um, I think I had something else, like maybe a, a wooden sign or something that I hung. Uh, but that was that was it at the time. Um, you don't get a ton of time for setup. Uh, you know, I think you can come in in an hour or two before. Sometimes the day before. Like I, I've heard people go in the day before if if it's right. Um, but yeah, if you want to put uh, if you want to put little more effort into your booth again i think you know it would give you a little bit more attention i I would say overall from what i've seen and even some of the ones that i've gone to as of the recent i've I've attended a few of them just to walk around yeah um you know and photographers i think don't go too crazy but it is about sort of how they display their images uh and you know some of them get a little creative so i think it's it's to each his own it allows uh you know, your artistic side to come through and, uh, you know, you want to attract people to come to your booth. Yeah. Brian, what have you done with your booths? Have you, do you kind of design it yourself or you work with the, 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 um, cause I know sometimes the bridal fairs will offer up companies that can kind of help you with that and do that. If you right. need some help bringing <clears throat> stuff in, what's your, what's your experience been? And what have you seen out there and just well, in attending well, I think, bridal shows? I think it's, it has to do with even what I talked about earlier of the idea of standing out, right? I mean, a lot of the other vendors, like if you look at a decorator, for example, or maybe even a venue or a florist, um, they're going to show up with like the beautiful drapery and like all these, like they're going to, you know, set up a mock table or have some linens and they're going to do these things that make it look like it could be at a wedding reception or it could be a backdrop or 
things like that. And, you know, you could do things like that. I did that one year where I actually hired one of the decorators to kind of set me up this really beautiful thing. And she kind of draped some, some piping and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's one thing that I've done in the past, but what I've done for the past three years is I actually built a booth and um, I sent you a link to a video, Bruce, if you want to include it in the show notes, you can just, it shows the building of it. Um, But basically what I did is I had reserved a corner booth um, at the trade show at the trade show at the the bridal show. And, um, and I basically built, like I built two walls. I built a corner, wall so i actually had like this little kind of space that i could then hang the images on i could have a couple of tables around and it was not just the same old drapery that everybody else was using right because so, it's usually just a series of poles and some like, right black, yeah i mean if you go with like or whatever bare minimum you know yeah. the venue is going to set up poles with like a black backdrop or a white backdrop and then it's up to you to do something else with that yeah. um, a lot of vendors will just go with that but that doesn't really necessarily distinguish you from anybody it doesn't really give you any brand recognition it doesn't really make you stand out right so if you want to be different my suggestion would be that if you're going to do a wedding show you've got to be looking at spending a few thousand dollars on all these things that you're going to be doing including the booth including marketing material including things that you're giving out, anything like that and a booth is a big part of that so um i mean i've seen photographers go as far as like setting up like little quasi living rooms um you know they'd have like doors and little vintage couches and suitcases and little cute lamps and stuff and i think that's really neat and it's really trendy um it's attractive to the brides and grooms that are coming there but something that i had a bride say to me a couple years ago that really stood out in my mind and i've always kind of held this since then is she said that at this wedding show there was a bunch of photographers that did that cute you know cool little a vintagey thing. Right. And yeah. she said when she walked up to their booth, she actually had to ask them, what kind of what kind of vendor are you? Like are you uh, are you a rental company? Are you a decorator? Because the photographers that do that typically won't put like big prints up or they won't make it a big emphasis that they're a photographer because they're all about these cute little styling things. Right, right. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you're going to do that cool little trendy thing, whatever it is, vintage is sort of now slash the past couple of years, whatever is coming up next. Don't forget that you're a photographer. So show off what you do. So there's no ambiguity there. Um, so that would, I guess, just be my suggestion. But but I think really, ultimately, I've seen some really, really unique things. I've seen, um, you know, vendors build a single wall where they'll have a TV in the wall. And that way you can kind of walk by it from both sides. So it'll be like a two-sided wall with two TVs in it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I've seen photographers um, set up, you know, some like studio lights and just kind of like make it look more photographer-ish. Mm-hmm. I think there's lots of things you could do. If you go on, my gosh, if you go on Pinterest and just search like wedding show, my gosh, like you, you probably won't find yourself pulling away from that for a couple of hours because there's a lot of stuff on there. Um, so I would suggest that just to kind of get some ideas. Mm-hmm. But really, you have to think about... What is your brand? What are you all about? What do you care about? What do you want brides to see of you? What do you want them to um, remember you by? And then how can you be different than what everybody else is doing? Right. Because you want them to kind of stop in and, and you know, hopefully pay attention to your booth amongst right. the sea of other booths. Yes. One of the one of the complaints that I've heard, you know, just at the local wedding shows here, and one of the reasons I've been reluctant to do them is that a lot of the wedding shows typically say they're that they'll put a cap on the number of a particular type of vendor. So let's say photographer, they'll mm-hmm. say, okay, in this wedding show, we're only going to allow X number of photographers into the show. 
But when push comes to shove and they get to the, you know, point where they need to start selling their booths to get the place filled, you know, filled up and to pay for it, um, they kind of they kind of loosen those rules a little bit and open the floodgates. And I know that one in particular, one show uh, a friend of mine participated in, she was told there was only going to be, I think, 10 or 15 photographers. And there ended up being like 25 photographers at this show. And so she wasn't too happy. And she actually got placed next to another photographer. So they put two photographers actually side by side at the show. And she was not too happy about that. So what's Robert, what have you seen around that? Or can you speak to that, your experience with that? I was actually going to bring up a point um, that I've actually saw at a, I noticed it at a, at a trade show recently, somebody advertising a wedding show um, is that the wedding show people are starting to step up their game a little bit in that it's not just a ballroom with a mishmash of a bunch of vendors in it. The one that I saw in particular, they were actually, it was it looked a little more high-end, a little more modern, but what they were actually doing, what you just said, is they were lumping and putting all the vendors together. So all the photographers were in one section, the wedding planners were in a section, the florists were in one section, to make it a little bit more conducive for the bride and groom you know, they could go to different sections mm, and, okay. and see. And I actually kind of liked that. Um, you know, again, you mentioned the photographer you knew was upset because they were by another photographer. I think photographers, what, you know, what we have to remember is, you know, we're all different. We all have our own style. We all have our own personalities. And that's what you're selling when you're there. So um, I kind of like that idea of like, that's different and unusual. Like, hey, put all the put all the vendors together because you know, people that are in the photography section are looking for a photographer, you know, more than not, uh, as opposed to if, if you're just kind of spread out. And sometimes when you're spread out through a show and you get that back booth that not everybody goes down that aisle, mm-hmm. um, you know, you might not get as seen as much, but you know, maybe there is a bigger photographer in your area that people want to come see, but it does attract you know, people over to, to your area. I mean, that given that the bridal show is doing it that way. Um, but I noticed that recently and I thought that was kind of, you know, new and different and, and I like the idea. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Brian, have you seen that at bridal shows or have you seen the more traditional where they try to like spread everybody out and, and sort of give some space between the similar types of vendors? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it be more spread out. Um, I think that's really interesting that you kind of segment them like that, which is really cool. But I think, in having them spread out, I also have heard photographers complain where it's like, oh, well, there was a photographer across the aisle from me or there was one two booths down. And it's like, you know what else upsets me is that when I when I Google Niagara wedding photographer, there's other photographers that show up there. Gosh, I just wish that Google would just show my name. <laughs> this is the only you know what else upsets Google, me yeah. when I put an ad in a magazine that there's other photographers that are also advertising in the magazine. Like, can you believe the nerve? The gall. Like, like come on, like, get, let's give our heads a shake a little bit and say that, like, this is marketing. Hello, of course, the bridal show is going to have other photographers there. And if they're by you, suck it up, buttercup. That's the way that it goes. And if you are doing a good enough job in distinguishing who you are and what you do and what kind of photographer you are, then you shouldn't be worrying about that. And brides that will book another photographer may not necessarily book you. And if they're booking another photographer when they should have booked you, then you didn't do a good enough job building a relationship with them and communicating the value that you uniquely bring to the table that would convince them to book you instead. So I think a lot of the times (laughs) photographers look to blame 
external forces that are beyond their control for things. Mm-hmm. But really, if we really look at things, I think that we need to start taking ownership over that kind of stuff. Yeah, good, good and point. I think if you want to be going back to one of the points Brian was talking about, or maybe it was you, Bruce, but business savvy, you know, you do a show and they say, well, we're only going to have five photographers, whatever that number is, 10 photographers. We guarantee that. Okay, great change their contract to say for every photographer that you add over 10, then I get a hundred dollars off my booth or $500 off my booth. You know, that will hold them accountable. Say, I'm happy to be in your show because they, they're in business too. And I think it was Bruce said, you know, they've got to fill those spots. They make money for every person that's in there. And the other thing of photographers really want to dig into it you know, if there were only supposed to be 10 and there ended up being 20, go walk around and ask everybody what they paid for their booth because towards the end, they start wheeling and dealing and you might have paid $1,000 for your little 8 by 10 booth if it. Somebody else paid 500 because they want to fill spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good I, point. I think something else, just if I can quickly interject around that idea, I remember a couple of years ago, I was speaking with one of the local business owners uh, in my town and she had a little retail shop on the main street in town. And she had said she just opened up like a year prior to that. And she said, oh yeah, I think I'm going to be closing down the shop because I thought that opening up a retail spot, you know, here in town on the main street would be enough in and of itself to bring people to me and that my business would increase. If you build it, they will come. And I said, yeah, that doesn't really work. Like just because you like hang a shingle up doesn't mean that all of a sudden the people are going to start coming. You've got to do something. You've got to market yourself. You've got to be strategic about your business growth. And I think the same thing is true here. I think just because you have a booth, just because you're physically there at the show means nothing. It means nothing. It means that, yes, you might have brides that will walk by your booth. But if that if you think that is enough to book you brides or to, to increase your business, um, then I think you need, need to start looking at what you're doing there instead and be a bit more strategic. Like, And that's how we said, you know, marketing before, marketing afterwards. What are you doing at the show? How are you attracting people? How are you getting them to remember you? Because here's the thing. If you've got a show with 200 vendors there, and there could be a lot more than that, there could be fewer than that. That's so overwhelming for a bride and groom. I mean, they're going to have their little, their little, you know, bag, their little mesh bag that they get from the show or whatever they're, they're putting things in. And they're going to get something from everyone that tries to shove marketing material down their throat. And they're going to go home and they're going to sit down on their couch and say, holy cow, like, yeah. now what? Right. They're going to dump everything out on the table and they're going to start to kind of cull. And if you haven't done anything to make them remember you or to give them something that they can that can stand out from the sea of business cards and brochures then again being at the show was worth nothing for you yeah and we've probably all experienced that one way or another whether it's not a brown show but even just a trade show within our own right. industry or if you've worked in other fields and other businesses i know i've been to a bunch of different like it trade shows and things like that yeah it's the same thing you come home with that yep. giant bag full of stuff yep and 99 percent of it ends up going in the trash so both of you guys, I want to ask, what are some ways um, to help you stand out a little bit, to help you you know, draw those brides and grooms in and be memorable and be somebody that when you follow up with them, they're going to remember talking to you? What have, what have you found or some effective strategies or some suggestions? Like I've seen things like like door prizes. I've seen little, you know, handing out little mini albums. Like just what have you guys seen or suggestions for kind of standing out a little bit? I think... Um... Well, I wanted to just quickly reiterate something that Brian mentioned, uh, just so that I put a little exclamation point on it. But uh, as far as a marketing tip to other vendors at the show, Brian mentioned, you know, taking photos of their booth, you know, before the show starts. 
that's always a, a, a good plus. And everyone loves, you know, they want to use it for their own uh, marketing. So if you could actually get that photo taken and quickly get an email to them, which is a great excuse to get their email addresses so they could, you know, instantaneously do it. I think that's a great, a great plus. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. There's, that's a real tough question as far as, you know, what you can do. I mean, I think, um, you need to have a little personality and needs to obviously represent you and your brand. And I think the other thing that, uh, we haven't talked to Brian sort of again, mentioned it, but these shows are expensive. I mean, not only is it a thousand dollars plus generally just for a space, but then you have to print up marketing materials for the show and, you know, giveaways or books or all the things that you're doing. So it, it definitely, uh, can get expensive, but you know, I think I would need a little more thought on that, but I think the, the thing is, is like you guys brought up a very good point and you know, and I've done this too. You go home with the bag of stuff and you dump it out and uh, you look through it and you're excited. And then maybe it sits in the corner and it sits there long enough that you're like, eh, and you end up pitching it all. <laughs> so it's whatever you do, it needs to be some sort of standout, you know, used to be the DVD. And I don't think even to, or the, now the, then the jump drive of, of images or things. and. <laughs> or the floppy oh, disk. Brian <laughs> just showed a picture for those of you who are of a floppy disk. Wow. Um, and uh, so whatever you do, it really needs to, to, to jump out. So you need to be creative, you know, in what you give them. Because I think the days of, you know, I, I think the closest thing in today's world is the, is the jump drive with the branding and the, you know, that is a little, you know, not too expensive, you know, a little uh techie and the, that might be okay but i think even that you know we need to go even beyond that and think of something like wow what can i you know maybe maybe you give them all an 11 by 14 image or big thick cardboard you know it's the biggest thing in their bag with images on it you know i personally think less is more so maybe it's just one powerful image with your name and website and phone number done yeah Brian, what uh, what have you seen out there? What are you, any thoughts on what you can have in the booth itself to uh, attract people in and make sure they kind of remember you? I think that we need to be proactive at wedding shows in the sense that we can't just expect to have a conversation with a bride and then hope that they get in touch with us. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of the times photographers will say, "Oh, well, that show didn't work for me because you know I didn't very I very have many." I didn't have very many, you know, inquiries afterwards. Well, it's because you left it up to them. And again, they got home and were overwhelmed and didn't know what to do from there. So I think that if we take things into our own hands and we do things like get their email address so that we can follow up or get their phone number so we can follow up, then I think that's really effective. I think that the the uh, tactic of doing like the ballots or, hey, enter your name for a prize. It's like, okay, great. Like you and every other person here at the show. Like, I think it, I think that has lost its personal touch. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of the times, you know, consumers today see past those kinds of methods. Um, I remember even a couple of years ago, we, I had a bride that booked me after one of the wedding shows. And she said that she had gotten an email saying that she won a free engagement session. And her best friend who was also at the show 
who also filled in the thing also got that free engagement session. Right. So I was like, ooh, you all won. It's like, okay, obviously everyone. <laughs> She's like, that, I didn't right? even enter. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's like, I, I think you have to be careful because I think those can be really kitschy and really kind of overdone and you're not going to get the results you want out of something like that. But what I advocate for is only get that personal contact for those that you're actually communicating with, having a good conversation with, and that you've started the relationship with. So that when you do follow up with them, they're not wondering, why is this random guy that I just like picked up a brochure from his site? Why is he following up with me personally? So make it a point to have real meaningful conversations with brides, dig deeper, get to know them, let them get to know you. And if you connect with them, and if you're feeling like, a, a you know mutual connection back from them then say hey listen i'd love to keep you know talking with us about you but obviously it's a little bit busy you got to get on to your thing i don't want to steal you for the whole show do you mind if i grab your phone number and i'll follow up and I'd love to have you over to our studio to talk about your wedding some more there'd be no reason that a bride wouldn't want to do that if if they felt the same way about you that you'd feel about them right so i think we can be doing things like that that's obviously it's going to be more laser marketing than it is kind of shotgun marketing so you're getting maybe 40 email addresses or phone numbers as opposed to getting 400 email addresses of whatever quality but at least they're going to be qualified right yeah, yeah exactly um the other thing that i think we can consider is look at what um like where are we today in com- like in how we communicate as as society like like what are when you have a bride and groom at a wedding show what do they have on them that you can kind of tap into that you can use as a means of marketing as a pull through as a lead magnet um well, what does everybody have in their pockets? Usually their smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, obviously we can do giveaways and we can do things physically like what Robert's talking about with a book or with a print or with whatever. I showed the floppy disk and I'm happy to talk about it in a little bit if you guys want to, but I actually give away a floppy disk and it's it's an icebreaker for me. So I can talk about why I do that. But, um, and my pick of the week is actually um, something else that I'll talk about at the end, okay. which is related. A floppy disk? A floppy it's disk. not a floppy disk. No, it's, it's a book, actually. It's like a big, it's a physical, that's what I give away. Nice. But um, if everyone has their smartphone on them, why couldn't we do something like, hey, um, obviously you're at this venue. And so you're interested in, interested in wedding photos at this venue. If you want to see all the hot spots in the area, I've created a little gallery for you that you can actually make as an app on your phone that you can download. Would you, would you want to see that? And of course, the bride and groom would say, well, yeah, I'd love to get some inspiration. It's kind of like my own customized Pinterest thing. Right. So then use sticky albums, make a little album and put it behind an email page. So they, they, right there on the spot, say, hey, go to bcapphoto.com slash show right here, right in front of me. Type in your email address. And as soon as you do that, it's going to download this app to your phone. And then you can see some images that you can show your family and friends. If maybe your mom isn't with you and she wants to see what this room looks like, I've got a photo of the room in that app right there. So that's a great way. And that's just you know one quick idea off the top of my head. I haven't actually done that myself. But that's just how thinking creatively about what we're doing, about how we can utilize what people already have on them and with them in a way that is beneficial and helpful for them. You know, if it's something like, hey, would you like to join my newsletter? What's your email address? They're going to be like, well, what's in it for me? Right. right. So yeah. I think if we can think about what's in it for them and then how can we give them something that is going to be of high value, there'd be no reason that they'd want to connect with you. Yeah. And well, the technology, it's a good point. How much technology has really changed all of this, all the landscape, right? Like Robert, back when you did your first kind of bridal show, there, I mean, it didn't exist, right? So probably a lot of brides and grooms that were coming in. <laughs> had never like they didn't really have a great way of researching about their wedding potential wedding vendors right apart from maybe flipping through the yellow pages 
Um, the right. wedding show was kind of the place for them to go around and see. Now a lot of brides and grooms can probably do a lot of their research before they come to the show. Maybe they already have a pretty good idea of who they maybe who they want to come see. So I think technology has definitely played a, a big role in, in how people approach these shows. It's changed how we do a lot of stuff, right? I know when I shop for a vehicle, I did 90% of my shopping uh, and research online before I ever stepped foot inside a car dealership. Right. Um, right. so I think and that's a good point is you're, you're the, the customer today. I think regardless of what your business is, is armed with a heck of a lot more information than they were in, you know, 94 or 89 or whenever I started shooting weddings. But, um, so that was only, you know, the only referral source was like, Oh, my friend used this studio. Uh, I'll go check them out. There wasn't a website. There wasn't anything for them to go look. And now if a friend uses your studio, of course, they can immediately go to your website. They can look at, you know, what you have there. But I mean, I agree with Brian. I like that. I like that idea. Some sort of, you know, technology based, you know, how can you woo or wow them? And even if you don't want to go to that extent, I think the people that you're having the good conversations with in your booth, if maybe you had even like a quick little forum that just said, name, email address, wedding date, and you ask their permission, like, hey, I, I, you know, I really like you guys. Would you like to, again, spend more time outside of the show talking about it? Would it be okay? Would you be willing to give me your email address uh, and a phone number? And I'll we'll follow up with you over the week and, you know, we can set up a time for you to come in. And if they're interested, they're going to go ahead and do that. And like you both mentioned, you might only get 40 names at the end of the show, but those are 40 great leads that have allowed you and said, yes, you can call me. And they you know, wrote their information down themselves. Um, and so you can follow up with those 40 as opposed to going through that list of 400 and you know, getting a, maybe a smaller percentage or no, you know, at least recognition. Or you know, they don't remember even who you were because there were so many people there. Yeah. Brian, I want to ask, you wanted to talk about the, the floppy disk. So let's, let's, I want to touch on that. So the floppy disk, I know, I know where you're going with it, but maybe yeah. people listening aren't, aren't sure where you're going with that. So yeah, what's cool. the, 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 I guess the motivation behind the floppy disk. Right. So uh, a big part of, of, you know, my brand and, and sort of my belief system as a photographer is that prints are incredibly important. Um, I actually believe photography is only enjoyed once it's printed. And that's something that I, you know, really make a point of, uh, establishing that expectation or establishing that, I guess, philosophy very early on with my clients because I want them to have a beautiful album. I want them to have prints. I want them to have something physical. Um, so in, in doing this at the bridal show, which is the first time I'll ever talk with them, it's a great time to start with that direction. And I'll get people, I'll kind of have those that, that believe in that. They'll lean in with me. And those that are like, mm, just want digitals, they'll kind of lean out and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, what I do is I have a floppy disk. I actually have a whole stack of floppy disks and it's, it's actually quite hilarious because you can't even buy floppy disks locally. I had to buy them on Amazon in bulk. Yeah, I was going to say, where like, do you get those these I had days? I buy them like 500 of them or something like that. And I was just like insane. <laughs> and uh, so I've got like, like piles of them. So um, if anyone needs any floppy disks, let me know. They're, they're a whopping 1.4 megabytes. Ooh, so, so you can, can back up put, like a whole wedding on all <laughs> Right. You can put like one website file on that. It'd be yeah. wonderful. Uh, unless you're using JPEG mini, which is my pick of the week for oh. the last show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, so what I do is, is I actually, um, I printed a whole bunch of labels and on the front of the floppy disk, it says wedding pictures. And on the back, there's like a little, uh, another little label that says, and if you all just read it out here, it says in 10 years, would you rather sit with your children and tell them stories from your wedding day with an album or hope that you can find a computer to read your disc and click through the pictures on a screen? 
yes, we provide digital proofs, but we think you'll love your album more. So nice. I have that on the back of the, of the, of the floppy disk. And what I do again, as an icebreaker, as I actually have a table with all my albums on it. And then I have this giant pile of floppy disks beside it. And as a bride and groom, you know, approach the booth and they're kind of making eye contact and I'm seeing that they're interested in engaging in a conversation, I'll say, Hey, you know, a quick little, little banter. And then I'll grab a floppy disk and say, would love to give you guys my portfolio that you can go home and enjoy my photography at home after the show. So you can remember me and I'll hand on the floppy disk. And at that time, I still haven't cracked a smile about it yet. So they're, yeah. not, they're, they're kind of like, <laughs> they think you're serious. <laughs> yeah. They think I'm serious. Right. And usually it's like, you know, the groom is something like, Oh, you're my, I have a computer that like, my grandpa, like, you know, he'll make some smart, smart Alec remark. And then I'll say something like, you probably don't have a computer that will read that disc. Do you? And then they'll say like, mm, no. And I'll say, well, and that's exactly what your floppy di- or what your USB key will be in 10 years from now. That's exactly what your DVD drive will be in five years from now. And then I use that as a way to get into the conversation about how printing photographs is so important and how all my brides and grooms enjoy their images through a beautiful wedding album. And that's when I start showing them a wedding album. Nice. So it's a great icebreaker. It's a great way to kind of have a little comedic kind of thing. Because a lot of the times it's very serious. You've got the, you know, the other vendors that are there in suits and ties and whatever and being very formal about things. And that's just not my style. I'm very casual. I'm very relaxed. Um, It's also my photography style. So it's a great way to kind of tie everything in one nice little package in a way that is very targeted towards the kind of bride I want to be working with. Yeah. And probably makes you memorable too, right? Like they'll probably remember that interaction more so than... Well, and the thing that's best about it is at the end of the show, when we have said that they go home and dump everything off, if they're with other people, if they're with their parents, if they're with their fiance now all of a sudden, and they dump everything onto a table and there's a floppy disk there, it's A, a quick memory of the conversation. B, it's something that they can remark upon. They can talk about it. And it definitely stands out from a sea of business cards and brochures. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. a good suggestion. I like there's, that. There's going to be a flood of floppy disks at wedding shows yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. I should, open, I should open up like a branding company that like yeah. brands floppy disks or something like that. Yeah. There went that original idea, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, what we're here for. Give, give, give. That's right. Amazon's going to be like, why are sales of floppy disks going up? I don't understand what's, I don't understand what's going on. It's like the resurgence in film. Did you guys see the announcement from Kodak yesterday? No. They are bringing back the Super 8. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, really? but it didn't look like a Super 8 it's camera. It's a new, a new, it'll take film, but somehow they're going to do the digital conversion and all this kind of stuff. So this was alongside Nikon's announcement of their 360 degree 4K camera. Yes. <laughs> it's like talking yeah. about two complete polar opposites. Yeah, some pretty exciting stuff. So yeah. anyways, but that's a whole other rabbit hole to, yes. for another show. <laughs> that's for TWIP. We'll listen to the main TWIP show. They'll be talking about right. all the CES stuff. So. Awesome. So I just wanted to wrap it up. Um, just within, I had a couple of questions for you guys in terms of like staffing your booth and who would be at your booth. So obviously for most of us, for most photographers, we're kind of solopreneurs, right? We're, we are the face of the business. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Have you seen um, booths where they've had brought in other people to kind of help them with the booth? Or do you, would you recommend against that? Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I'd probably get a hot guy. A hot guy? <laughs> Be, you know, you'd think because I'm a guy, yeah. I'd have a hot girl. And of course, that would be my preference. But I think I'd have a hot guy there in a nice tux or suit because the brides are going to like, oh, who's that guy? So the booth Robert, dude. for those that are watching this video right now, they might suggest that you should be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> another another month or two on the uh, <laughs> New Year's diet and maybe, maybe we're <laughs> doing all right. 
<laughs> but would they be the face of your company though? Like if you brought in somebody that wasn't necessarily normally associated with your with your company, would would that be any benefit or would that possibly be more harmful in terms of like if they happen to be like say you were engaged in a conversation with with a potential bride and groom and somebody else came along and you know looked at the booth dude um was there is that possibly a missed opportunity or i mean i think if you're going to go to the extent to do that then of course you need to educate that person i mean we as photographers see this all the time at trade shows that we go to uh, I mean, I've even seen it to the extent, you know, like you guys have been to WPPI where there's actually painted nude people walking around the trade show and it's a shtick, it's a gimmick, it's an attention getter. Um, obviously, that's out of place, I think, for a wedding show, but, you know, to maybe have a good looking guy or girl. And it could be interesting, though, if you like painted like, you know, a tuxedo on. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and. But you would, I think, have to educate that person a little bit. So if you were engaged in a conversation, yes, maybe they're directing you to there or they're inviting people over to come look at your booth or pick up a floppy disk, whatever it is, you know, I, I think that could be good. But ultimately, it's probably best, you know, to have, you know, two people there that care about the business and yep. know the business and are passionate about the business. But it is definitely an option if it's, you know, just something you wanted to do. Yeah. Brian, what, uh, what, what have you, do you normally staff the booth, you and, and your wife or who is mm -hmm. normally at the booth representing yeah, the company? It's, it's, it's normally me and my wife and that's yeah. because we're the ones that will be at the wedding. Right. Um, and again, it's kind of like, it, it is a branding thing. It is like the name of my company is Brian Capricci Photography. So for Brian Capricci not to be there would kind of be silly, I think. Right. Um, that being said, you know, I have had one year when I had an office manager, I had her there as well. So there's three of us at the booth. Yeah. Um, you know, which I think is fine. And I guess it also depends on how big you want it to be. I think you can, I've seen it where you have too many people behind the booth or behind the booth or at the booth type of thing. And it just it gets too overwhelming. I don't think you need more than two people, maybe three if, you, if it's a really big show. Yeah. Um, because again, it's, it's about quality and not quantity, right? Um, so I think, I think that being said, even if you are to have one other person or two other people, you've got to have good conversations with them and kind of go through a training with them to say, here are the kinds of conversations that we'd want to have. Here are the answers that you should be giving. Here are the benefits and the unique value proposition that we offer as a studio. If they don't already know those things, you can't just basically find someone that's good at talking with people and say, come on and man my booth. Yeah. They have to have an understanding of you, of the industry. They're going to be having, they're going to have asked, they'll have questions asked of them so you know they, they've got to you've got to train them to, yeah. to know what to say properly um if it's I've, not you right i've talked to people like that at trade shows that you can clearly tell they were basically yeah. just hired the yeah. day before you know given a yeah. really basic script and if you right. ask them anything outside of that really basic script they were like deer in the headlights right no well, i guess right. i guess the other thing is if we put this in a way that i think probably you know most photographers again that have been to at least one of the trade shows the industry trade shows that we go to can relate to um if you know shoot.edit and you know jared bowman who's the owner of of shoot.edit if you were to go to the shoot.edit booth and see jared beside one of their customer service staff who would you be more inclined to want to speak with Probably Jared, because he's like the not celebrity, but he's he's the face of the brand. Yep. The same could be said for Fundy Software, right? If you were to go to the booth and see Andrew there, Fundy, yep. or one of their service staff, you'd probably want to go and speak with them. So even if you can't speak with them, at least knowing that they're there and knowing that they're involved and not just kind of pawning it out to their staff 
makes you feel good about the company. Mm-hmm. And I know that these are kind of bigger brands that we're talking about, but I think that we can bring it down to a smaller level for us. You know, if it's Brian Capricci photography and yet there's two females there, well, where's Brian? Like, you know, you know what I mean? So I think that we've got to have some of our personality injected there. If, if at least we're just there as, as one of the people. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Any parting thoughts before we were kind of getting close to the end here of the show. So I thought we'd probably wrap it up there, but any, any parting thoughts or words of advice, Robert bridal shows, would you do them today or not? If you were just starting out, if you're, if you're just kind of relaunching. I think if business. I was starting out, yes, but um, I just don't think for me, it's not my demographic. So you have to just sort of evaluate that. Like I said, the, I did the one the year I started my own business in 94. I probably booked eight or so weddings from that. Um, and so it was worth my time. It probably cost me $1,000 to do that. And, but it came back. I mean, I think the bummer is you spend, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars to do a show and book one wedding. Well, okay, it pays for it maybe, but you want to obviously book more than that. You know, you want it to, to, to be worthwhile. It's kind of like, you know, a magazine ad, you know, I mean, at least you could probably track it more, but you're, you know, you hope to book something, you spend a lot of money to do it. So I think we've just given you, I don't know if I have any more wisdom to impart, but I think we've given you some good things to think about, um, you know, go out there and be, uh, unique, be yourself, um, you know, be approachable. Don't be salesy. Um, you know, I don't, people don't want to be sold, but they do want to be told what to do in a lot of cases. So there's that fine line of, of figuring out that, that both, like, I think I do it well just because that is my personality. Then there's others that think, Oh, well, I have to sell them, sell them, sell them. Um, you know, listen more. It's always in, in any, in anything, listen more instead of talk more, uh, ask them, you know, engaging questions. How long, you know, I'm sure everyone asks that, but you know, how long you've been engaged? How did, how did he propose things like that to get them talking about their wedding? What are your colors? What are, you know, ask them questions, let them talk. Um, you know, I would say, get it to the point where, you know, you can't ask that question like, you know, may I contact you afterwards? Can I get a little information? I really like you guys. And this isn't the, the best. Because that also sort of exudes confidence. You're sort of telling them like, no, I don't really want to talk to you right now. I- I've got to know you. I know that I like you, but I- I'd rather spend quality time with you. Um, right. So I think, I think that, you know, could be a good, that's my imparting wisdom. Very good. Brian, how about you? Any parting thoughts on the topic of bridal shows? Yeah, I would just close with the idea, you know, we talked, or I I talked a little bit about marketing beforehand, and then we talked a lot about the show itself. Um, If I can just share a couple quick thoughts on marketing after the show. Oh, yes. I think that's something that a lot of photographers will miss out on. You kind of just finish the show and you're exhausted, you're tired, and you kind of now just wait for the phone to ring. Right. Um, If, you know, most shows, I don't think there's many shows that won't, you know, either sell or share the email list of brides and grooms that go through the show. Um, that's a huge asset to you. Not necessarily in the sense that you take that email address and spam them like everybody else will, but try to get creative with how you use that. One thing that I have seen work really well is to take that email list and put it into a retargeting campaign through Facebook advertising. Mm. So you can then serve Facebook ads to all the brides and grooms that are on that list. And again, maybe it's one of those things where it's an awareness thing, hit it hard for the week to two weeks after the show. And that those brides and grooms might kind of constantly see your name come up and be like, 
oh yeah, I did see them at the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. The guy with the floppy discs. Yeah, Yeah, the guy (laughs) with the floppy discs, right? And and bonus, if we're not bonus, what you should be doing is try to tie something visually in in that ad with what you had at the show. So if you had like a really big image at the show, put that image in the ad. Or if you had a floppy disk like what I do, and that's your memorable thing, put that in the ad. So it's a way for them to create the connection with who is this guy that I keep seeing on my Facebook feed. So you can do things like that. You can do a drip campaign to it. You can just send out emails to them all, but just be strategic about what you're doing with those emails afterwards, because you can do a lot with them. Nice. Excellent. Well, that's some good, uh, good advice and some good suggestions. Again, uh, you know, if you're thinking of participating in a bridal show or maybe you've been doing bridal shows for a while and you're looking to kind of change things up a little bit, hopefully we provided you with some, uh, some food for thought, some things to think about anyway. So Awesome. Well, we're getting, uh, we kind of ran a little bit long today, so I'm going to, I'm going to skip the listener question. I know Robert was dying to answer this one, but we'll put it off for the next show. We'll answer it on the next, <laughs> the next show. And I want to quickly just jump on to our uh, picks of the week segment. And uh, each episode, we will share a photography related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers. And our picks can be anything as long as they're somehow related to photography or the business thereof of photography. So who wants to go first with their with their pick? I know, Brian, you had something. Yeah, let's do it. So this is actually related to wedding shows and kind of everything I talked about or we talked about. Um, the giveaway that I give in addition to the floppy disk that we talked about. Now, this is something, the floppy disk goes to everyone, everyone that I have a conversation with. This book that I give out um, will only go to those that I feel are more highly qualified clients because it's actually cost me a fair bit of money. Not a fair bit, but it cost me money. But it's something that is a great way to, again, stand out, but also really represents me and my brand. And it is a book. Um, and it's like, how many pages is it? Maybe it's 130 pages. It's like a paperback book that you'd like buy at a, at a bookstore. Yep. Um, beautiful satin cover. The pages are like, it's all. In, and basically what I have in it is like full page images. I basically got a whole bunch of weddings in there hmm. just to show my basically my portfolio it's like my website in a book form and i tell brides this again it's a reinforcement and i say if you don't you know want to have to be on a computer to enjoy my photography because i do believe so strongly that photography is best enjoyed in print here's a printed portfolio of a book that you can you know remember me by you can share with family and friends and you can just use as a reference even if you just want inspiration and the place that i get this book printed is a company called create space and create space is a part of amazon they're owned oh, okay. by Amazon. It's basically their printing and publishing uh, company, their subsidiary. Okay. And um, basically what you do is it's it's the same process that you do if you wanted to kind of self-publish a book, you use CreateSpace. And instead of me selling this on Amazon or making it available for for purchase, I just make it and I kind of keep it hidden and I just order copies myself. Oh, okay. What's so, that? What's the one looking at for that book? Yeah, you said so, it's about so 130 book, pages? Yeah. The book is six inches by nine inches or roughly yeah. around there. Uh, 130 pages. It's a soft cover. When I order about a hundred of them, it costs me about three fifty to four dollars, depending on okay. on a couple of different factors. Okay. So it's not horrible. Obviously, if you're looking at buying, you know, a couple hundred of them, it could get up to a thousand pretty quickly. Yep. But I think it's a really nice takeaway for those uh, clients or those potential clients that you're talking with that are, m- you know, more well qualified and is a way that you can really you know emphasize the the brand that you want to be giving to them so oh, nice now do you yeah. just give do you save those just for bridal shows or do you give those out at no, i give them to every bride and groom that i have a meet and greet with it's in the yeah. whole package that i give them when i have a meet and greet um if someone inquires that i can't physically meet with i'll mail them a copy of it so it's something that i use more than just at bridal shows yeah. 
but nice. I usually order them in bulk for the bridal show and then I order a few extra so I can have them for other things. Nice. And that's something you update like every year kind of thing. Yep. Every year. Fresh images and, yep. yep. Awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. So createspace.com. I guess that that's technically the pick of the week. The pick. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. Mr. Evans, what have you got for us this week? I think uh, it's a follow-up. Yeah. Think, I'm going to follow up because I think I, I was just checking it out last time. Uh, but was, you know, we've done shows on zero inbox and, uh, I found a service or a product called Stainbox, and, um, it works with your Gmail or any of your, uh, type of mails. And basically you just sort of train your email, but, um, it was really, really help, you know, keep my email down. If I get a junk mail, they have a thing called, uh, stain black hole and you just drag it into and basically if you use gmail it just adds these things into your gmail like as you would add a uh you know a, a folder and then i just drag it in there and you know for all the junk mail even though i try to get unsubscribed to a lot of it it, it unsubscribes it never comes back um there's a thing sane later where it pulls stuff that's it knows that it's not that important to you um, and then the other stuff shows up in your inbox, but if something goes into saying later and you want it, you just drag it back into your inbox. I've really been enjoying it. Um, and it, it seems to, uh, really do the trick. So for me, I'm, I'm loving it. It's takes that hassle of when I would wake up in the morning and have 50 emails in my inbox and it was all crap and I only wanted three or four of them. Maybe that's completely gone away. So I can post me like really focus on the important stuff. Awesome. And the burning question everybody wants to know now is, have you reached and achieved the holy land known as Inbox Zero? Or are you well, closer? <laughs> I'm closer. I mean, because technically I didn't erase everything that was already in my inbox. Yep. Um, but if I were to do that with, with this product, uh, yes, I think I could achieve that because it's just training it to where everything needs to go. It also has kind of like the boomerang type feature where if, uh, you don't want to deal with something now, you know, you can put it in there and tell it when to come back into your inbox, which is really great. And especially a lot of times, you know, we're home with our families and maybe on the weekends and you get something cause everyone's off and they're emailing you. I'm like, I don't want to deal this with until Monday or I don't need to deal with this, you know, deadline for two more weeks or things like that. Nice. Excellent. Well, that's a good follow-up pick. So that's called sane box. And again, we'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. And uh, my pick this week is it's a it's a software product that I've been using for quite a number of years. And we probably all run into this where we, you know, we're dealing with so many different websites and logins and passwords and things like that. Just keeping track of and remembering all that stuff, all the different logins that we have for all the different services and things. So I use a, a solution called LastPass, um, which is a great it's a password keeper, basically. So it can put in all your um, you know passwords and all your login credentials for all the different sites you visit. And they just released um, version four. So it's got a new kind of visual look to it, um, which I quite like. And they added a really cool feature, which is the ability to appoint somebody as an emergency um, sort of fallback person. So I don't know, we had to deal with this a couple of years ago uh, when we lost a family member. And it was really hard to figure out, like, how do we get into some of their stuff? Because a lot of the stuff was behind, you know, like, how do we change their Facebook stuff or these kinds of things. So you can appoint somebody with it now as kind of an emergency person. So if something ever happened to you, um, they can request all your credentials for all your different services. And then after a certain time period, if you haven't replied or denied the request, they assume that you're incapable of doing that. So then they would then receive all of your login credentials for your websites and stuff. So it's kind of a 
an interesting thought that, you know, in this digital mm. world that we live in now with stuff that's all behind passwords and, and emails and things like that. If something did ever happen to, to somebody, like I even thought just about myself, like if something happened to me tomorrow, my wife doesn't necessarily know how to get into all the different things that we do for the, for the business, right? For the website and the blog and just all these kinds of things. So just having that peace of mind that somebody could still get at those things, uh, if something were to happen to me, then it'd be, you know, kind of good peace of mind. So that's a new feature they just added to LastPass. Cool. Excellent. As always, again, we'll put links to everything we talked about in the show in the blog post. So just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and go to the wedding section and you'll see the blog post for this episode. And I guess that brings us to the end of another episode of TWIP Weddings. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors for their support. And uh, I want to remind you, send in your questions for the show and uh, send us uh, some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about on future episodes. So before we close off, uh, what's everybody up to over the next little while? And where can our audience go to keep up with what you're doing, Mr. Evans? Well, I'm obviously this will be past, but I'm headed down to PPA for a few days. I have a upcoming wedding in New York, um, upcoming wedding in Cancun in February. So, you know, just do working a little bit, talking a little bit. Um, and, but if you want to find me and you care, robertevans.com is of course <laughs> my website, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Robert Evans and Facebook is Robert Evans studios. And for my Sony fans out there, I want everyone to check out the, Alpha Universe site. Sony shortly before the beginning of the year, I think it was October, so launched Alpha Universe, which is uh, everything Sony, a lot of great articles. So go check it out. Awesome. Very good. Mr. Caparici, what, what have you got going on in the next little while? And Oh, next little while. Well, I guess we have a baby coming in March. So that'll keep us busy. When... Congratulations. <laughs> a new yeah, little Caparici running around. That's right. Number two. Number so, two. Yeah. I guess depending on when this goes live, I don't know if I'll be uh, sleep deprived at that point or not. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations. So thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, we've got that going on. But other than that, yeah, we've got WPPI um, going to Shutterfest in a couple months. Uh, we've got Canada Photo Convention in Vancouver that we're going to. Excellent. Um, so we've got that going on. Um, other than that, we're keeping busy over here with Sprout, kind of just continually working on new features and writing more content over at SproutingPhotographer.com. So um, if anyone is interested in checking any of that out, you can find us at SproutingPhotographer.com. Also, we have a New Year promo happening for Sprout Studios. So if anyone's interested in signing up and starting their New Year off on the right foot, you can use the code Fresh Start Monthly to save 20% on your first three months. Or Sprout very, Studio. Very good. Fresh start monthly. All right. Make sure I'll put And you it can, in. sorry, you can sign up for that at getsproutstudio.com. Awesome. Good stuff. Very good. Well, I too will be going to WPPI uh, again this year. I'll be returning. And I'm also going to be out in Vancouver for Canada Photo Convention too. So awesome. you. not speaking, just going out for my first time as a as an attendee. So looking forward love it. To, looking forward to that so that'll be good so and uh, if you're looking for me uh, and our stuff you can find us over at momentsanddigital.com that's our website and it should be all up and running now 100% we had some problems over the holidays with our host so we changed hosts and magically everything's working fine now so clearly the issue was the host so um and if you want to keep up kind of with our stuff, we can uh, link to our blog and you'll see what we're up to there. If you want to follow me again, like Robert, if you care, uh, you can follow me. Uh, I'm at Bruce Clark on most of the social networks and that's Clark with an E at the end. 
And that's it. That brings us to the end of another episode. Be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com. And thanks again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. Yeah.